Welcome to Show Your Scars with me, Jordan Angeli. Using my experience as a former professional athlete, I will take you inside the journey back from a devastating injury. Although we may not choose for this to happen to us, we appreciate who we become in the process. Now, let's dive into this week's episode as we share our strength and show our scars with pride. Today's podcast review is by Ado4519413, and they wrote, uplifting and so, so needed. I just had ACL surgery three on the same knee, and I'm dealing with the emotional ramifications of not being able to do what I love. This surgery has been especially tough as I didn't know I would need the ACL done until they got in and scoped. Jordan and the ACL club have a constant source of optimism, inspiration, and hope as I try to get through this battle. Surgeons and physical therapists and athletic trainers are all wonderful resources. And for me, they all aided my physical return to play the first two times. But none of these resources were really there to help me get over the mental hurdles. Thanks to the ACL club for bringing together people who are fighting the same battles as me and for providing a great resource where I can hear amazing, powerful, strong athletes who have overcome the mental battles talking about their struggle and showing that hope and full recovery are on the horizon. Again, thank you so much for your reviews. This can be you, so make sure you write a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening, and we are going to read one review a week. Also, take a screenshot of your review, tag us on Instagram, in your Instagram stories at Show Your Scars Podcast, and we will be choosing through there as well. So make sure you add the social aspect of it and share with everybody why you love Show Your Scars Podcast so we can push it out there as well. We love you guys. We love this community, and this is why we do what we do. It's because of you. What's up, guys? Welcome to a new episode, a new week. I hope that everything is going well wherever you are in the country, in the world, listening to this, that you are starting to find that strength that's within all of us because it is there. And sometimes it takes difficult circumstances, hard journeys in order for us to tap into that and understand that there is something within that has been waiting to be shown, right? And that's that strength, that's that inner warrior. Today's podcast guest is really cool. Jenny Taylor is a soccer player. I got connected with her through one of my old teammates and she is coming back from her third ACL injury. And after a good hiatus in playing soccer, she was inspired to play again. So. She wanted to try out for the Women's Professional Soccer League, which is called NWSL here in the U.S. And it's that journey of her from where she was and how she grew up in Florida to where she is today. There is a lot that goes on here and a hard twist in her story as of recently. So I don't want to give too much away. I just want you guys to listen because Jenny's story is so awesome and so inspirational. So here she is, Jenny Taylor. Hi, Jen. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk to you and thankful for this crazy, big, huge soccer community that I feel like everybody is connected in some way or another because I get to chat with you and get to know a little bit more about your story. I know. It's it's a great thing about sports and also soccer in general. Like, I mean, 
you're just connected without even knowing until someone says, Hey, I know this person. I know them too. (laughs) And then, then, you know, a friendship begins. So uh, I'm super thankful for it too. Yeah. Well, I, you have a really interesting story and I think that's the, one of the gosh, best things about life to be honest. But, um, one of the best things about doing what I do is I get to hear everybody's stories. And although we have the same, there's similarities within it. There are so many differences and so many things that we can learn from one another. And I'm excited to have you on the podcast to help people maybe learn or just find some inspiration and find some, um, hope in, in what you've done and what you are going to do and, and continue going forward. So I think first off, I, I kind of want to know more about you and growing up, where are you from and what did, uh, being Jen as a, a youth athlete look like? <laughs> Little Jen. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm from Florida and um, sports has always been a big part of our family. So my dad played football in college. He played at Maryland. Um, I have an older brother who played professional baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, although she did not play sports, competitively she is very active yeah <laughs> so I just want to say that because she always feels bad and I like start <laughs> naming off like what my dad and my brother have done but no she's active as well um and yeah so like sports was just a thing that um we loved to do we were always outside and to be honest the first sport I played was softball and nothing against softball but it just wasn't my speed um and then I I transitioned over to playing soccer um and I fell in love instantly yeah but I mean I love all types of sport we have a basketball hoop in our uh front yard and we would play all the time and uh when I was growing up you know like competitive sports especially like for girls soccer wasn't uh, a main focal point so like I first was on a boys team I don't know until how old I was because we couldn't find any other. There wasn't a girl-specific team, <laughs> and right. uh, which, which I didn't mind whatsoever because I had an older brother, and so playing with him was just – that was my norm. So I didn't look at it as like, oh, I'm the only girl on the team. I'm just like, I'm getting to play. Uh, and so, you know, I actually didn't start doing competitive um, soccer probably until I was like 15, which nowadays is like – you don't hear that, you know, you're eight and you're on a travel team. (laughs) So, um, a a little bit different, but, uh, it just, I don't know. I love the sport. I love what it represents and it truly is a beautiful game. So, um, I just grew up playing it and enjoying every moment I could. Do you feel like your brother having an older brother really influenced you into wanting to play sports or do you feel like that was just something that was within you? Yeah, I just think it was innate. Like I said, yeah. we're we're a really active family. Like now, sports wasn't our only focus. Like honestly, my parents were we were more focused on education. So it's like we had to do our schoolwork and all these extracurricular projects that had nothing to do with sports, and then we could go outside and play. Mm-hmm. But being outside was just something that we enjoyed, and um, we were good at it. Right. <laughs> so it was like, oh, it's really cool. Like we could go hop in and play whatever we want, and it's just fun. Yeah. So, but I think, obviously, having a sibling that loved to play sports, too, helped, you know, because yeah. you like to do things collectively. And so when I had my brother, um, it was easier that way. 
did you feel like you had to, you know, with my older sibling, I just wanted to keep up. Like I wanted to be wherever she was. So I felt like that really helped spark a competitiveness within me. Oh yeah. Me and my brother have healthy competition and I, <laughs> and I say healthy because like it, it really is we're, we both obviously want to win at whatever we do, but also we want to make sure like the other person's having fun too. So there's no hard feelings whatsoever, but yeah, it's definitely a healthy competition. And I think that's just, that helped each of us grow, you know, and brought the best out of us. So I was thankful for that too, that we wanted to like go at each other to mm-hmm. prove one another but also it was cool to see like your siblings succeed in what they wanted to do too so when my brother was doing baseball and I saw his like successes that made me feel proud as a sister you know yeah. and having a small part of just engaging with him throughout his career was great you know so absolutely it's always fun sharing in other people's wins and I think it it also allows you that perspective just allows you a different kind of growth within yourself as a a human that we need to celebrate when other people succeed as well because I think it allows us to keep the fire within us to want to succeed going well of course because I mean who wants to climb the ladder of success to turn around and see that no one's with you Mm -hmm. you know and so yeah it's like success is a collective and I truly believe that that you have to celebrate other people's wins and and serve them and help help them grow whatever they need you know however they need to grow and in return like it helps you grow as an individual too like Mm -hmm. I just I'm all about helping other people win and in turn you win as well yeah so your brother was into baseball you tried softball not your speed girl I can I can feel you (laughs) on that one I told I my parents still laugh that I told them that I'll play softball again because I like to bat but I didn't like to play in the infield um yeah it was just boring it was just too much standing too much standing it was just boring to me um but soccer was your sport what was it about the game that made you want more um well one I I do like that it's a it's a team sport you know and obviously maybe at a younger age it was just fun to be around your friends so like that gap like that time when you're like oh yeah it's a soccer game like woo, and then we get juice box at halftime but (laughs) you know so like but that still that extended into your latter years when like my thing my favorite part is just the locker room is just that camaraderie that you have with your teammates that just extends onto the field and the ability that you know everyone is sharing in this victory and in this game and just the way that it's played. Like I, I, I love watching Like I know some people, they may have their own opinions about how soccer is boring, but when you just understand the intricacies of the sport and like why the decision-making, like it really is like a chess match to me, mm-hmm. but at a faster pace, except mm-hmm. if you do play speed chess, which is really fast, which is fun and fast. But um, I just, I don't know working and moving as one unit is is beautiful to me because it reminds me of the body like how we all have these separate parts and and separate duties but together it's like we make one whole body to function and throughout the day and I don't know so that's what the soccer kind of reminds me and um yeah yeah I love that I love everything that you just said you know I'm a big old soccer geek and I do I think it is um, a really 
intricate sport. And if you don't understand, like chess, I do not understand chess. So until I do, Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard for me to watch chess. But um, there's so much tactics to it that is beyond different sports because you're not scoring all the time. So tactically, there's so many ways that you can break another team down and start to build Mm -hmm. momentum and break, you know, it's just hard to understand if you don't give it the time to really sit down and be like, all right, can I, can I figure this out? So I'm with you on that one. And you said you didn't start really playing competitively until you were in your teenage years. And from there, when did that uh, idea or that dream to play collegiate soccer happen? Or was that already kind of something that you had started to flame? Um, I think from having, an older sibling, uh, that was something that I thought about, uh, when I was going into my freshman year of high school, just because like I saw my brother's journey in mm-hmm. past, like with him wanting to pursue sports at a higher level. Mm-hmm. So then that, uh, that idea obviously was in my head. I'm like, Hey, I think I could do this too. Like that's, um, and I love the sport, like to continue to play, it would be great. Uh, and at that time, like, you know, collegiate soccer was like one of the things for women in the sport like yes this is like your time to shine and so I think um yeah that just started to kind of build up in me more and I wanted to pursue it uh I guess you know with more focus but a reason also why we didn't I didn't get started um with travel soccer too it's just the expense like Mm -hmm. I already we you know like I said, so my older brother, he played in AAU baseball and travel baseball is its own whole thing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that was our, and, you know, there's a lot involved with that. And at that point, like the stage where my brother was at in his career, like it was um, imperative that he would continue on that stage because like his time was coming soon. So, you know, not that uh, like my time couldn't come, but it was more like, hey, you know, if we could put money, allocate money somewhere, let's do it right here because like his time is closer to being um, recognized in that way of maybe getting scholarship or getting drafted. Do you remember so that time? I started, do you remember um, like having those conversations? Cause I would imagine that, I mean, was that hard for you or did you understand at that time what you were doing to help your brother? Oh yeah. I, it, it wasn't hard at all. I mean, to, to, my parents were completely equal with the both of us. Yeah. It was just one of those things, like, if I didn't go to a certain tournament, like, say, because I was in Florida, so we had some tournaments in California, uh-huh. right? At that point, um, it, I mean, I, I guess it just wasn't hard for me, because, like I said, like, I was like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's makes sense. really cool. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, um, and also with the idea, it's the same thing. I didn't do ODP growing up as well, because, uh-huh. like, that's a whole other uh, thing, but I, I guess I just firmly believed that there were other routes to get noticed besides like the one that's just publicized the most in, in our faces at that time. Right? Yeah, it's different now, but we have different academies and whatnot now for kids and the youth. But um, I just, yeah, I just firmly believed if you worked hard and uh, you had the talent, like you could get noticed if you put you did your due diligence of maybe if you went to certain tournaments, you reached out to college coaches to say, hey. Like, this is the times of my games. Like, I would love it if you came out to watch me. I'm interested and, and whatnot. So mm-hmm. you might have to do a little bit more on your part. But, um, yeah, it, it just – it never really was a worry for me yeah. like, in that sense because I just 
I don't know. I was like, all right, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's it's cool because I think when we're growing up, right, it, it, our brains haven't developed into this idea that, like, we can do things for other people. Like, we're very selfish-natured for survival when we're younger, right? It's like, it's about mm-hmm. me and how I can get what I want. That's why um, it was always so fun to be in high school, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just really cool to know that you had that perspective as a young person, you know, that that just says a lot about you, I think, and the, the values that were instilled in you within your family. So, and clearly your, that faith and that belief that you had that it was going to work out if you put the work into it paid off because you did, you did get to go to college and play and, um, well, we'll talk about that. But, um, do you remember getting, going through that recruiting process? What was that like for you? Yeah. So I remember my first letter was from UCLA and I had gotten that and I was at school. Like I had gotten the mail and I brought, I brought it to school and (laughs) I was like, I was like, oh, I'll open this, I guess. And so when I read that they were interested, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I, you know, it's just one of those things, I guess, like, I don't know. You, you, you have, like, this perspective or perception, like, what it would be like or what you're supposed to do. And then, like, when you open it, you're like, oh, wow, it's happening. Like, yeah. this could be a reality. And um, I don't know. I just was really thankful and also just very innocent. Like I was like, Oh, okay. Like, what do I do next? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, um, and so then as, uh, and I, I think that was the end of freshman year. Um, and then I was, I like started thinking about it more. I was like, okay, okay. Like what are the next steps? Like, what do I need to do? Let me start looking at um, schools just like, cause at this point, like I'm focused on just high school, like, and, mm-hmm. and, and that, like, I'm not starting to think like, Oh, what university would I like to go to? Where would I want to live? Like, and all of that stuff. So that came later on once I started getting more letters and, and whatnot, and just kind of looking at it from a holistic approach, not mm-hmm. just from a sport angle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was exciting. Uh, and, but different at the same time, because it just it was a lot more that I felt like I had to think about at an earlier stage than what, you know, what most people had to think about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just a conf- it's a lot to deal with and you're talking about all those those different factors and um you know we could go into a whole different podcast about yeah the recruiting <laughs> process and all that but um you ended up going to college where'd you where'd you go and pursue your soccer career and how'd that come about yeah so i ended up choosing the university of florida so go gators um <laughs> chomp chomp and yeah <laughs> um so I I had um, various offers, and I actually ended up narrowing it down between Stanford and the University of Florida. And my brother attended. My brother ended up attending Stanford. Um, so most people would have thought that I just would have gone there because I would have at least had one year with my brother, and um, if he was to get drafted his junior year, so I knew I would have one year with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, uh, I was I, there. There was just I, I mean a pros and cons list. I looked at everything. Um, you did your due diligence. You're a very I, I thought did. out person. I've come to find out. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm a super cerebral individual, so like I analyze a lot. Um, not that I'm not spontaneous as well, but I, right. I can I don't know I can divide the two. And so with this, I kind of was like oh where I want to go, but 
um, I ended up putting both names in a hat, and I, I drew. Stop <laughs> three it. No, no, I'm serious. And three times I drew UF, and I was like, oh, well, if I can't decide on paper, I just got to go with what I'm feeling, what I drew out that. Oh, and so, <laughs> and, um, yeah, I know, crazy. Um, but, yeah, I ended up, I made my decision that I was going to go to the University of Florida. My brother was somewhat sad because he's like, ah, Jen, I need you out here. And, um, but, uh, yeah, that's how I came about my decision. Um, and it was a good one. Like I have no, I have no regrets. So it was a good one. Yeah. Drawing up a hat and work sometimes, you know, <laughs> I guess so. When you're making big decisions and you can't make them, just take a page out of Jen's book and draw out of a hat. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, it did work out. I leave that out of my advice. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it is people that know women's soccer. Florida is a good place to go. Becky Burley has been there for a while, and she's built a really nice program there with a winning mentality and um, ferocious competition, and that's something that you uh, have already talked about was something that was built in you from uh, your youth. But – the journey mm-hmm. into college and within college was not without its challenges and probably wasn't the way you pictured it. What, um, you know, this is the start of your, your real injury process and trying to get back healthy. How did it all originally start? So um, you got into school or was it before you got there? Um, so it happened before I got there. It was... <laughs> Uh, so I signed my letter of intent um, to play for UF. I'm all excited. Uh, then the spring of my senior year of high school, um, I participated in flag football. Mm-hmm. And and um, during one game, which is towards the end of the season, uh, I... Was this like a league? Uh, no, no, no. It was for the high school. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was because I hadn't played flag football at all and everyone's like and it, a bunch of the girls on the soccer team and some other girls that were going to different colleges were like Let, let's just play you know that have like to be fun and it wasn't any like it's flag football you know it's yeah. not any it's, you can't there's no contact like right <laughs> so it wasn't anything dangerous in that respect um so we were playing and it was a game that uh like you said was towards the end of the season and I was playing defense. Uh, I was a safety, and I went up to try and intercept the ball, which I did get the interception, but upon jumping is when the pop happened. And uh, I immediately went down, and it was everything started racing in my head. I started, like, every thought from, oh, my gosh, uh, am I going to be able to play soccer? What just happened? Why did I make this decision? This is a horrible decision. Like, what was I thinking? You know, Isn't it and- crazy how <laughs> your brain can go through all that so quickly, and we remember that vividly? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I remember like it happened yesterday and I remember my thoughts um, and, it, and it had nothing to do with the pain, <laughs> nothing right. to do with with that, like what had just happened instantly with my body physically. I just I went down, even said it to the uh, one of the girls that went by, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to play soccer this weekend. Like that was my thought. And, um, you know, I walk off the field and then I get home and then the emotions start to hit me from every angle. Um, but I remember also having to call Becky and, and say like yeah. um so what had happened was <laughs> what'd know? she say about that and, 
Uh, she was she was very nice and very yeah. supportive, and so like, uh, and it, and at that point too, you know, I mean, what else can you be, right? Yeah. Obviously, you you could probably could be a lot of other things, but she was, you know, Becky. Um, she's not only a great professional and great coach. She's uh, she's just a good person. So that ability to like relate with her and um, it, it, so it made that easier yeah. than what I was working up in my head. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, it, I had surgery right after my birthday. So right after I turned 18, I had my surgery. And I was like, here begins the long road to recovery, but mm-hmm. with hopes that potentially I could still feature in my freshman year, right? Um, so what was that I, timeline? <clears throat> so I had surgery at the beginning of April, and I knew then I would have to report um, in July for summer mm-hmm. session. And then preseason began August. So there was a chance that, you know, excuse me, um, partway through the season, like the fall season, I could have a chance. Mm -hmm. And I, but I also had in the back of my mind that maybe I might be redshirting my freshman year just in case things didn't work out or, you know, instead of only play for half of a season, like let's go ahead and keep the whole season underneath my belt, like eligibility wise. Which I think is really good for people to, recognize really quick before you continue is that Mm -hmm. it's nice to have the goal in mind right and like you're working towards a goal and and appreciating the small processes and the small wins towards that goal but also being it's okay to be realistic and say hey if I don't get there it's not like I failed correct yeah correct um and and that's something that I've come to um, learn as well as accept more as I've gotten older and gone through all these surgeries. Like okay. I know that's difficult to tell like someone for their first surgery, uh-huh. right? Right. <laughs> and go and going through this, or if it happened during a not opportune time of where you know you thought you were on the rise and this and this happened. So I, I understand like that's hard um, to to hear, but as you go through the process and throughout it all, like it really it, it is a true statement. And, um, but it may take, you know, longer for you to accept, but it's a good thing when you accept it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what happened to me is that things, um, they were going as planned at the beginning, even in the middle of it. But then when I got to school, um, I felt like I might be good to go. I started training, um, and it was not where I needed to be. And I ended up having to have a scope, um, in September uh, to clean out some things and, and other meniscus work. And also like stuff was wrong with, or not stuff was wrong, but like my synovial fluid was causing issues too. So they had to do stuff with that. Were you um, in pain so, or what caused you to know that you needed a scope? Yeah, I was in, I was in quite a bit of pain when I was supposed to be like returning to sport. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And then after we did some different tests and then we got the MRI, they're like, okay, yeah, you know, uh, and that was just kind of our treatment plan that we had uh, decided upon. And I was like, yeah, there's no need for me to try and push through this for this season when I could just be completely healthy and try right. this again. <laughs> I have so, a question. I have a question on that because I went through a very similar thing with my first reconstruction. And I think maybe some people, you know, this is the, the scary part about ACL injuries, right, is returning to sport and not really knowing how your knee is supposed to feel and um what it's going to be like. And it's, it's scary. 
but mm-hmm. I think that it's okay for it to be scary. But if you feel like in your gut something isn't right, that it's worth it to say something. Did you just have this gut feeling that like, okay, there's a lot of pain and it's not just like ache. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference between ache when you're returning to play. Like, okay, my knee joint is just getting used to like running again and having that kind of impact on it versus mm-hmm. like, this is painful. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you just have to be very in tune with your body and you have to also have a great perspective. It's a, it's a mental game as you know, like, I mean, and so, yeah, it is. It sometimes it's a fine line between oh am I just exhausted and tired uh, and I don't feel like pushing through this so I'm going to blame it on the aches or is there no there's actually a Mm -hmm. problem here a deficiency that needs to be looked at and fixed and um, I think that's where you need to be honest with yourself be in tune with your body and understand like what your goals are and as an athlete like you I I think you can tell when maybe you might be slacking you're like no I'm just not pushing myself hard enough Mm -hmm. versus like I, I remember how I used to feel and how I used to move, and this isn't it. But recognizing that, yeah, it still may be different because you've had the surgery, but not like diminishing returns in, the, in that respect. Yeah. You know? And so, um, yeah, it was one of those things like, man, like something just uh, isn't quite lining up, and I'm yeah. doing all of the necessary steps to get there, and something's just not clicking for me. Um, so you have to trust your intuition and in your body because no one knows you better than yourself like and I know sometimes it can be hard to uh in the athletic world especially wearing your team because you may be getting a lot of different voices and opinions right about oh you need to get you need to get back because we need you here or like you know uh, your scholarships on the line or yeah yeah so you have all these different like other forces that are coming upon you but ultimately like it is your body it is you who has to go through this exactly so you need you need to figure out what's beneficial for yourself yes um so that and i know and that's another hard thing maybe when you're younger and when i say younger obviously like i'm 18 i turn an adult but it's a whole new world going into the college arena and like being on your own and figuring out Mm -hmm. and but also realizing you have a job to do like this is part of like what your collegiate experience is going to be like you signed up for this like you have responsibilities and and, and duties you have to uphold and so sometimes that weighs on you and you're like well I got to get back because I like I need to play I want to play like what if I don't get back then I might not have a starting position or you know there's so many different variables right but ultimately, ultimately you just got to know you mm-hmm. so then you went in and got the scope and what did yeah, they find so- with that um so there like i said the i had one of those like reactions where um with my synovial fluid it, it just it kind of blew up and was creating other issues that like were it your body's tricked into thinking like it's okay but it's not and then it has a bad reaction as well as i had um meniscus work that needed to be done so i got that cleaned up um and then I was like, all right, well, now it's just recovery. The fall season's done. Let me just get try and get back for the spring season. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I, I recover, and spring season comes along. And I start training at 100%, feeling good. And then one training session, pop. <laughs> uh, so I tore my ACL again on the same knee. Mm. Um so then I had to have another surgery. So mind you, now I've had three surgeries in less than a year. Right. Um, so I had 
ACL done uh, in beginning of, like spring 2007. Mm-hmm. April. You so said. here, yeah. So here we are again, like exactly a year from when I had my first surgery. So now the same stuff's running on my head where I'm like, I hope I can get back right. for the fall season because now I don't have another year I can give up. Right. <laughs> like like yeah. I can't redshirt it again. Like that's gone. Right. Um, so, you know, pumping yourself up for this. And at the same point, like I'm experiencing all new things. Like I was just a freshman in college. So let alone like a freshman student, a- like student athlete, you know, there were the other side too, if you're just a regular, like just a student freshman. And yeah. so, I'm, I'm dealing with all these different emotions and, and f- trying to figure out like, what am I doing? You know? And I was like, here we go again. Process starting now. Um, Did you, was that a quick switch for you or like, was that hard? I mean, when I think about that, cause I had the same thing. I had two ACLs in, in under a year on the same leg. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember how devastated I was and how mm-hmm. within a few days, Really, I remember thinking that day, not that I didn't continue to grieve, but I remember thinking that day after I had cried for hours straight that I can do this, like that mm-hmm. there was no other choice, you know, like I just had to do it. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I mean, yes, I was devastated, broken, um, all the adjectives that are negative mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, because I had worked. Um, for so many years to get here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was recognized as uh, being able to be here by my scholarship, right? So school was paid for. Like I'm like, yes, I've worked. It's been honored. Um, this is the reward, but I'm not reaping the benefits yeah. <laughs> because I'm, I'm I'm going through this surgery and and through this injury. Um, and yeah, it was. It's like you can only be debilitated by your devastation for a short period of time not saying that your grief period can't uh, have somewhat of a duration because like you always have that oscillating feelings of ups and downs right but you can't let it stop you for too long or else you'll just never move forward or grow in the way that you want to so it was the same way as like okay this is the, this is the next step like it's been laid out for you and it's your choice on how you're going to respond and I think response is like the most important thing. Like that is so key. And, you know, you have to choose to respond appropriately, positively, um, and let your attitude be able to push your body. You know, you have to let your attitude push your body and to do things that maybe it thinks it can't do. Yeah, that's so good. That's a, um, I mean, that right there is such a good sound bite. Like, I, I hope people tag that and go back and listen to it because you know if you need motivation that that's something that will continue to inspire you time and time again yeah I mean it's true it's like I, don't, I mean that's what I'm having it, it, it regardless if it's a, a physical injury or you know ailment even if it's just emotional or, or mental injury that you've dealt with or, or things you just you have to respond appropriately um and so, yeah, I, you know, obviously it, it sounds easier than what it is yeah. to execute. I understand that. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not, yeah. like, I'm just trying to encourage, you know, as many people as possible, but I understand walking it out is tough. Mm-hmm. And that was, so your first ACL, what kind of graft did you get? I chose a hamstring. So my 
harvested for myself. Okay, and then the second ACL that you are now about to get was what? Um, decided to go with a donor graft, but they did this double bundle technique, mm-hmm. um, which at that time was supposed to be all the rage, <laughs> um, and, which is another thing that I'll, I'll speak on in a bit, but like having all these the surgeries I've had over like these these years has been interesting because I've just seen how ACL procedures and protocol has changed, which has been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then I had the double bundle. So um, by the same donor, doctor or a different doctor? Different doctor. So this one was by un- our university doctor. Okay. Um, and so he did. Uh, yeah, my first ACL was from a, a surgeon in my hometown in Orlando. Um, and then when obviously when I was at school, the the doc the team surgeon took care of that. Um, so then I'm like, like I said, mentally preparing to rehab and try and get back for the fall season. So I, I, I'm having more complications towards the fall, like during preseason. Um, I didn't feature in that, uh, that season because I just never was fit enough. Like I just never felt good and mm-hmm. my, my knee kept giving me issues. Um, but then came the spring season uh, and I was able to play, which was really good. Um, Do you remember and what I did it really felt well. like to be back playing? Oh, it felt amazing. <laughs> like, it, there's nothing quite like it when you just, you feel like your true self again. Mm-hmm. And it's possible. I think that's hard for, I, I know some people always have the doubts, like when they're going through reconstruction. Or um, it's like, well, I feel like myself again. Will I be able to do the same things that I do without any any inhibitions or worries? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a sure yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you put yourself in that mind frame where you're not afraid, like, you can do anything. Because if you've done the proper rehab and the steps, like, your body's going to hold up. Because the, the matter, I mean, the truth is, is that, like, you can get injured at any time. Regardless right. if I've never had any surgeries. Like, so uh, you have to put yourself in the, the mindset that, like, you are who you are and you prepare for this moment. So you can't think of it as, like, oh, my knee, like, my bad knee or, you know, it's lesser than, like, no, it's the same. You know what I <laughs> and... tell people all the time is the the more you tell yourself that it's my hurt knee, it's my injured knee, it's my bad knee, the more your brain starts to believe that. So we have Mm -hmm. to be so conscious about what we're saying out loud, but what we're thinking as well. If you think of it that way, then it's going to be really hard to overcome those obstacles of like what you've perceived your knee to be. If you call it your left knee and you call it your right knee, then it's always going to be your left knee and your right knee. It's just (laughs) using different words can honestly build pathways in your brain that can help you succeed or really make it challenging for you in the future. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, our mind controls our body. So it's just the same thing if you were to, I I don't know. I, even if you kept telling yourself like, Oh, I'm not smart. I'm not smart. I'm not smart. I'm not smart. You're going to soon believe, well, I can't figure out that problem. Exactly. (laughs) You know? And, And that has nothing to do with like, you had a, you know, you may had a, a brain injury. If you just tell yourself plain off, like, no, I'm never going to figure that out. I'm never going to get anywhere. Then you won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, you can't, you have to treat yourself with enough respect, um, to get anywhere. And I think you need to respect your body and understand like it's working for you. It is you. So, right. um, you know, 
I, it, it was it was a great feeling, and I I felt um, I just felt very thankful that I was like, yeah, I'm out here, I'm doing this. Like it was a long road, but like here I am. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so you know, after the spring season, um, I was like feeling confident that uh, my third year here would be would be good, um, would be what I initially wanted it to be coming into to college, um, and. <laughs> Sometimes your plans don't work out the way that you want them to. So uh, going into preseason and training and before the actual first match of the season was to be, I um, partially tore my ACL again. (laughs) I'm saying me. And uh, devastation once again sets in. And I remember uh, after I got my MRI and was talking with my surgeon it was just a very long conversation about what I, where I wanted to be, what goals did I have in mind, just like professionally. Not, and it doesn't not necessarily be soccer in the arena of sports, but Sport, just yeah. how, how, how did I want my body to feel? Yeah. And so after um, having some conversations and then seeing what's going on, I realized like surgery was not the option at that point because. Um, there's just a lot of trauma that happened to my knee. Um, and, you know, he didn't think it was best to operate again at this point because, like, my return, like, the return of my of what my leg could give me wouldn't be where I wanted it to be right now. And uh-huh. so he's like, let's just rehab um, and, and see how you feel. Well, all in all, in summation, uh, I ended up having to, like, re- medically retire <laughs> Um, and I didn't get to feature in fall season. My college career wasn't what I wanted it to be, nor what I thought it would uh, have been. I mean, it was a blessing that through like that medical retirement, I was able to keep my scholarship. So school was paid for still, and I finished out school. Um, and I graduated, and yeah, I was disappointed. Like because, like I said, you you work for this moment, and mm-hmm. um. Like, and at that time when I was playing, the league itself was in and out, you know, so the idea, like college was one of the pinnacle moments of, mm-hmm. for women at that time. And so I was like, oh, I missed it. I, I like, I missed it. You know, I, I did not get my shot. And, um, so I struggled with that for quite a, quite a while. I mean, honestly, I could probably say it still bothers me. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just like yeah, I'm not fully um over it but it yeah i just it did not go the way i wanted it to do you remember telling your team that like did you talk to your team saying that you had to stop playing and what was that like what was the support around you like to help you through that time because that's not something somebody can go through on their own yeah it's it's difficult and you would know this too because obviously you've been through this multiple times it's one of those things where what can people say mm-hmm. <laughs> like and i know people don't know what to say and they <laughs> and uh and everyone reacts differently i had some people that laughed i'm like why are you laughing <laughs> oh, gosh. But I understand it's because they just don't know how to respond right it doesn't take i know their intent is like they just because you see someone completely gutted you know and it's like but everyone was very supportive and understanding it just it's hard but also at the same point like everyone has to go on about like 
their day. And, and that comes that comes across a little negative. But what I mean is, like, my teammates, like, they had to do yeah. their jobs as well, right? Yeah. And so um, not that they weren't supportive, but also, like, that's what they had to go about their day. And I was there for them, and I had to support them, which was also hard for me because it's like, why? Well, it's not that I didn't want to support them, but when you can't see yourself on the field, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but that goes back to like, in this world, it's not only you. It's not only about you, um, and you have to you have to celebrate other people's wins and 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 be there for them. And like, yes, my time wasn't going to be on the field, but like, what how what how else could I be an asset to the team? And that was by being around talking to some girls that come in and maybe were injured right and and being like that mentor and encouraging factor for them like I had to find a new role mm-hmm. and um which is difficult but it was a good role still nonetheless yeah that's so. really real I, I mean I think all that's real is like it's hard to support your team. It's hard to get out of your own head of woe is me. It's hard. If it were easy, um, then you would see a lot more people like being in better spirits on the sideline, you know, like, and those people (laughs) might, might be like that, but it is hard. And I think it's also just a educational thing. And one of the reasons why I started this podcast, why I started the ACL club is to just, um, help people say, Hey, if, if you don't know how to tell your friends to support you, um, maybe it is just listening to you, not feeling like they need to have an answer or solve things or know the right thing to say, but just to listen and realize that it's not you complaining. It's just you feeling like you have to have an outlet to express what is going on in your brain, because without that, it's really hard to like really get through these things. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I mean, I always say empathy is like a huge thing, and I think mm. we need to learn more of empathy because it's the ability to identify with what maybe someone else is going through. Yes, you might not have experienced this exact mm-hmm. um, circumstance, but your ability to identify and, and listen, hopefully understand like where they're coming from and their perspective behind it is key. And that's how you can be supportive with another person. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, I mean... And for the people that are going through it, like you need to feel it to free it. <laughs> like you, 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 you can't ignore it um, because then I, it, it just it stays there, and you can't release it and empty yourself up for the better, like the new things and the new growth that's going to come from that. It, it's just like when we prune trees. Like sometimes you have to cut off the limbs for more fruit to you know make its way through. Mm. So. Like, yeah, you have to feel it to free it. It's good, Jen. And you talk about graduating college. You kind of summed all that up because I'm sure that was just different different than you thought it was going to be. And um, you went about your life. You went and got a job and got into the real world. And then 2016 comes along, right? And this whole idea of playing soccer again got re-sparked. Why? Yeah, so, um, and actually, before 2016 came about, I had a couple other surgeries because I started having, like, cysts grow in my knee, and oh, so gosh. then I had to have some some bone grafts, um, so I had two surgeries in between that time, and when 2016 rolled around, um, 
at that point I was living in Miami area in Florida. Uh, but one of my friends wanted to try out for the Orlando pride cause it was going to be like their inaugural year. Um, and I was like, Oh, this could be a chance. Like it's that, cause it never leaves you. It never yeah. leaves you. <laughs> like, <laughs> the never dies. And so like, I don't know, something just sparked and was like, Hey, like, what's what's the worst that could happen like you go out here and do a trial like I mean you, you know, obviously I I was like you know prepare for the trial like start working out feel better like come on like don't have any regrets so I was like let me go to the doctor first um I went at the end of 2015 uh, I was like let me just go to the doctor and see like the state of my knee right mm-hmm. um so I go get an MRI and I, and you know what's funny? You forget what you've been through sometimes. Oh, yeah. I um, do that all the time. And so I forgot that uh, I probably, uh, you know, I, I didn't have an ACL. Like, it, did, it, did, it wasn't occurring because I was doing all these other things. Like, mm-hmm. I just went snowboarding. I had um, taken up karate as a hobby. And yeah, so, girl. <laughs> uh, and so then when I get the MRI back, they're like, oh, you know, your knee is not in the best condition. And I was like, whatever do you mean, doctor? (laughs) And he's like, well, first, he's like, you know, you don't have any ACL. Second, um, you don't have much bone for a tachograph too. And I was like, huh? And he's like, yeah, if you want this to be repaired, our first step would to do a bone graft and you would have to heal for some months before we could even attempt to do an ACL. And I was like, mm, come again? <laughs> I was yeah. like, please, I didn't hear you. didn't hear you clearly. So with that in mind and knowing that, like, obviously these trials were going to be in February, of two, like I said, end of 2015. Mm-hmm. In 2016, there were going to be trials. I'm like, well, heck, uh, I don't think this is going to work out. But if I did want to try and do it for the following year, I was like, I need to get this done now. And so... I was like, oh, well, here begins a new process yeah. in the sense that, like, obviously I've had ACLs done at multiple surgeries. At this point, I've had five. So I've had five surgeries all on my right knee before this occurred. So that wasn't new to me. But I was like, I need to get in the right mindset, like, of what I want to get out of these surgeries and where I'm looking to go. So I... um I went, ended up going to a different surgeon than the one that I initially had the MRI. So I'm like, I'm going to do some research. I'm going to try and find like the best possible surgeon that works for me and like whatever they want to do. So um, in February, you know, at the end of January 2016, I had my bone graft done, mm-hmm. which was just, it was a very significant bone graft. It just wasn't a small um, one. And it was funny when I was in the waiting room of the OR, they're like, this is going to hurt like uh, you, you know, at, I want you to be prepared for afterwards. Like, obviously, we're giving you nerve block and everything, but it's every new doctor or like someone that was part of like the anesthetist team would be like, just let you know. I'm like, I looked over, I was like, why do they keep telling me how much this is gonna hurt? Yeah, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I get it. Am I, I get sure it. I want to do this? Before. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, I've done ACLs, like, I understand. They're like, no, this is gonna be different. And I was like, okay, yeah, the, out of all of my surgeries, that was the most painful without a doubt. Ugh. Um, and I had to wait uh, about five months um, 
to see if it would be healed enough. So then I went in and got an MRI, and they're like, yes, we think, like, your bone is healed enough for us to attempt the uh, ACL. So at the end of July, I got an ACL done, um, another reconstruction. And I was like, okay, on my way. Like, I'm on my way. Like, this is it, you know. What did you use that time? What graph? I used my quad. Quad graft, yeah. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, so it's like I could tell you about having autograft or allograft. I'm well-versed in that, too. Right. Um, So uh, I had my my seventh surgery at this time, and I'm like, all right, this is it. Like, seven is a lucky number. I'm done. Like, let's go on about my business um throughout the that rehab process uh, a few months in I was like man I'm plateauing and I was like I don't know why I'm plateauing I shouldn't be feeling this way like mm-hmm. I, I've gone through this plenty of times like I know where I need to be at again just I, like listening to your gut exactly like I was like I know my body because some of the therapists and not I'm not this is not uh, yeah. against them but because they deal with multiple people like obviously and everyone has a different pain tolerance and you have and every case is unique but they're like well maybe you know like it's a mental block or whatnot like you have your knee has been through a lot of trauma which it had like everything was correct there like mm-hmm. it, it was this surgery and the way I felt was different than after my first surgery like completely different right you know and I'm like yeah I, I understand that I just something um something's just not feeling right like I know like what I'm capable of and so I went in and got an MRI and yeah there was bone impinging my graft um like I had some bone overgrowth and so my surgeon which I love him he's like yep yep you're right you're right (laughs) (laughs) and uh he's like so these are our options and um because one of them's like you know we could there were just with my case there were just multiple options and basically I was like let's just go in now and figure this out mm-hmm. and so when we because from the MRI it's very hard like things aren't as clear as day it's not yeah. you know you need to get um, in there and like see really what's up correct and so from going in he's like oh yeah I'm glad we went in there was this big because from the MRI it didn't look as big of a hindrance or something that could possibly like not be a problem but when he went in he's like yes like no wonder your knee, your knee can't get to a certain level and immediately after I had the surgery like I felt 10 times better oh, and it was good. like one of those things like okay yes now I'm now I'm on the road <laughs> like, <laughs> the ma- ma- magic eight um right. and so uh as I was recovering like you, you know I spent all of 2017 basically recovering because I lost everything from when I started my initial ACL recovery mm-hmm. at the end of July, beginning of August. So it's like the the clock had to reset for me. Yeah. And it was going to be a little bit longer anyway because, like, I had a bone graft, then I had the ACL. So, like, it's not like the typical time frame. And, like I said, everyone's case is unique just with mine having so much work done, I needed more time to get back. Correct. Yeah. Um, so I spent all 2017, um, 2018 rolls around and I'm like, uh, Jenny, what do you want to do? Like, what <laughs> do you want to do with your life? <laughs> the question, the big one. Um, I started, I, I decided to leave my job that I was in down south for other reasons but like mainly I just wanted to do some different endeavors 
Um, there's also like soccer in the back of my mind. So I started this one project called One Big Pitch, which it's basically like exploring soccer um, and culture in different cities. Cool. And so I I I, um, I filmed like a pilot episode for it, and I was like, oh, let's see if I can do this. And the miss, like, I'm toying with the idea of like, oh, I want to play again. I want to play again. Um, I meet a new friend, um, Kristen, who plays for the Pride, which is obviously the connection that we have. And um, I just like start talking to her, become becoming great friends with her. Um, and I was like, I think I can play again. Like I think I can play again. Let's do this. Like uh-huh. let's let's take the take the steps towards making this happen. I turned down another job, um, and I stopped looking at different opportunities. And I was like, let me make this my focus because if I don't, like I'm not going to get to where I need to be to like be an elite player. Right. Um, so I start this journey of the comeback, <laughs> and I uh, started doing daily vlogs uh, to try and just, like, not only document for myself, but for other people as well, just to, you know, share the journey uh-huh. and, and be and be vulnerable. Because you sometimes, like, people don't know how to express for themselves until they see it in someone else. And so, like, you, you can be the voice and the avenue for someone to navigate their own feelings. Right. And that's what I, and obviously that's what you've been doing. And so I was like, you know, let me just do these daily vlogs and see. And I was feeling really good. I was working out a lot, getting my fitness in. Um, and what was the hardest part of that process? Um, getting back into the spirit of, trying to go at this from a competitive manner like obviously Mm. i've been out of competition for 10 years you know yeah which is a really long time and in 10 years i've had eight knee surgeries just on the right knee so like there were a lot of there were physical challenges i had to meet as well as like mental challenges and hurdles i had to jump over Mm -hmm. you start like asking yourself can i do this again is this possible um will my body hold up uh, like, do I want to put myself through this? <laughs> like, you know, as you start getting older, you're like, well, do I really want to push myself to the limits? Like, yeah. do I want to run this? Yeah. Um, My answer is a hard no like, right now, but good for you yeah. for trying it. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, like, and anything in life, like, yeah. you do things because you really want it. We uh-huh. all can say it would be great to do it or like, yeah, I think I can make that happen. But unless you're willing to put the work in, like you really don't want it that much and then that's f- being brutally honest uh-huh. like because everyone can always say they want it but do you want it enough to work towards it right um that's and those are, go ahead i'm saying that was a question i had to ask myself uh-huh. you know and it's those are the moments where like you you turn yourself into from a spectator into like a participant you know it it reminds me of what just happened recently on with the Chicago Bears and everybody's tweeting that the kicker missed this kick and then they Mm -hmm. a a brewery in Chicago set up the field goal and said you guys try it and people went out there to try and it's a lot harder than it looks and until you say like okay I'm gonna actually do it it's hard to like put yourself in that arena. So, you know, I, I think it's so cool that you did that and you put yourself out there and then you shared how the process was going, you know, how hard it was, how fun it was. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. I mean, I, I, once again, like 
it, it never leaves you and it, it will never leave me in, until I leave this earth. Like I just, yeah. I, I love the sport. I love the game. I love being active. I love feeling my body move. Like there's just something so great about using your physical body um, to, to do things. And like, it, it, it works for you mentally, emotionally. Like it just makes me feel better when I know I'm capable of doing things. Yeah. And so through the blogs and through working out, like, uh, my hard work was recognized because then that's when I got, um, contacted about a training camp that was happening. Um, and so I was like feeling great from that. Cause I'm like, Oh yes, you're putting in the work and it's being rewarded. Right. Yeah. And not that we all, always work for the reward, but it is nice to see the fruits of your labor. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when I got contacted and I knew like this training camp, um, was going to be a great opportunity for me because there were going to be pros there. Uh, there was going to be opportunity to network with people in the industry, coaches, scouts. And I was like, this is a chance to be seen because like I, and this sounds harsh, but I am a nobody because I haven't played him for so long and no one, no one's seen me. Mm-hmm. And so like, this was my chance to see if that, if this could be an actual um, option for me and right. also the speed of play is different when you're kicking the ball with yourself rather than when you're receiving a pass from someone that knows how to pass yeah <laughs> so, and it was run um, by Chris Gores and if anybody has been listening to the podcast for a while Chris Gores has been on the podcast before so he ran, ran the physical part of the the strength and conditioning yeah. part yeah and they're um yeah and he was great he was a really nice guy and then like uh Gooch, mm-hmm. uh, Anya Wu, like he was a part of like the Onyx Elite team, and and then Lauren Sesselin was the one uh, that contacted me through Instagram. So I was like, oh, this is a great group of people because I start looking at their resumes and like, all right, they know what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? And um, so I decided to go uh, to the camp, and that was to take place January third through the twelfth. So this ten day camp. Did you feel um, good going gonna... into it? Yes, I did. I felt um, physically, I felt great. My touch, I was skeptical skeptical about because, like I said, yeah. I haven't received a pass for anyone. But, but that's why you went, wanted like, to go. Correct. And yeah. so, but yeah, I had been working out. I had been running. I had been doing weight training. So it wasn't like I just hopped into it without any preparation. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm down there first couple of days. Um, it, you know, I'm feeling good. I, I'm feeling like I'm getting the cobwebs off, uh, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. And you know, seeing some of the other players, the other girls, because there was also um, there were men down there too, and it, so it was just good to be in that environment again. You know, yeah. like uh, like it just uh, the camaraderie and just being around like like-minded people in the sense of like they love this game. Like it, it was something I, I miss mm-hmm. and. So then the third day rolls around, and that time, like, there was going to be um, a member from the Pride staff there, and I was like, oh, yes, like, here's an, a, like, availability to, like, maybe get an invite to preseason. Yeah, right? like, what you had been working and, for, really, for the last three years, like, since the Pride mm-hmm. said that they were going to be a club, right. this had been so, the, the moment that you had been working up for. Right, and so I was like, it's come full circle. I'm like, the idea of uh, like playing in your hometown, like um, you know, when like you said, when they first got recognized as a team, 
obviously then I was like, oh, let me try and prepare. I know I needed the surgeries and I'm doing the rehab. Then I'm like making this a full-time gig by quitting my job. And here I am at this moment. (laughs) You you know, like during uh, the warm-up session, like I'm I'm just praying to myself. I'm like, you know, God, just like let everyone collectively do well. I like, I don't want to like, just say like, make, help me shine. Let everyone collectively shine and we'll shine together. Right. You know, I was like, no injuries. Um, let's just be a great session. So, cause I knew we were going to have two that day. Uh And, um, so we're, we started doing some different drills. Um, and at the beginning, like I can honestly say, like I was a little off with some of my passing, like, oh, it's all right, it's all right, get in, you're okay, Jenny, just get, get yeah. with the group, like, you'll, you'll be good, once we get to playing, like, you're gonna, you're gonna feel good, so then we go into some small-sided games that we're playing, and that's when I really start to hit my stride, I'm like, yes, I'm feeling, like, confident in what I can do and my abilities, um, I score this really nice banger, and I'm like, oh, yep, Jenny, you are, you are feeling it, and um, so <laughs> then we go into another one-on-one drill, and, uh, like, the first time I like make the girl and I go past and I score and I'm like, okay. And then the second time, um, I was able to beat the defender, but my shot was saved and it was on the third time I'm moving to the right, looking to shift back to the left. Cause I feel that she's gonna like dive in to try and take the ball mm-hmm. and upon trying to shift to the left pop. Oh. And immediately I go down, I fall on the ball and it's my left knee. Mm-hmm. And I just clutch my knee and all I can say is no, 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 no. It's like no, 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 no. And like the girl that was defending me, she heard the pop, the other coach heard the pop. Um, so obviously when it's audible, it's never a good thing. Yeah. And so I'm just sitting there, I'm like, no, like this isn't, like, this can't be happening. Like yeah. I start to laugh a little bit. I'm like, this can't be happening. And I'm like, God, I need you because I don't know what to do. And I then start unlacing my boots and I take my shoes off. And I'm like, all right, someone help me up. Like, let me walk. They're like, no, 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 no. It's like, guys, I, you know, I need to walk off the field. Like, let me just walk off the field. So I walk to the bench and that's when I get flooded with all the emotions. I'm oh. like, you know, I start uh, crying and they're like, it's okay. Let it out. It's like, I don't know what to let out. I want to punch this fence. But if I punch the fence, then I'm going to hurt my hand. I can't have my hand and my leg hurting. Right. And, you know, and I just like, reality hit that right when I was on the cusp mm. of something this happened and it was it was felt like it was cyclical it took me back to school when I'm spring season I started doing well and then boom I got injured um so yeah that just happened a few weeks ago um mm. and, and now I'm in the process of having my ninth knee surgery but my first one on my left knee mm-hmm. and I am all the feels. Yeah. <laughs> like some days, some days I feel like it's gonna be okay. I'm like I'm okay. Other days, uh, I I don't know. Like it, it just, I'm like I'm angry. Just filled with so much angst. And um, but ultimately, I I know better days are ahead. Like I I firmly believe that. And because you have to. Like if you don't believe and the goodness and the hope like what is what's the point for putting yourself through this Hmm. you know I was gonna ask how do you know that you know like what what makes you feel like that's the truth is it from what you've learned already in the past yeah because I mean obviously look I know the world 
has not ended. It feels like my world has ended because of the work I've put in and because of this being like a lifelong dream. But ultimately, like life is a collection of moments. And this is just one moment. So my life isn't over, even though it feels like, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've done a lot to get here. But there, there's so much more that can happen after this and from this and who knows just from the relationships that I, I that come across with this. And so, yes, it stinks. It physically hurts, but, it, you know, emotionally hurts. Like my heart hurts, like, yeah, you know, yeah. but I just, I, I, I believe that there will always be better days ahead. And maybe it might be my last day. I could be here for a while and there not be like the great days, but better days are always ahead. It's it hurts my heart too. You know when I spoke with you and you told me that this had happened because I was following your your comeback and mm-hmm. um, you know I can fully relate. I was in those same places in my career where I felt like, man, right now, like why right now? I'm yeah. right. I am right there. It's a World Cup year and I am with the national team. Like really, yeah. this had to happen right now. Um, you know, for you, it, it's those same feelings, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's all that work. And, um, when you're saying I, I, ha- I have to believe and hope that there's better days ahead. I think it's so true. And I, I just keep going back to, and I had to keep going back to like being thankful in every circumstance, because like I had learned from the past that like, I learned so much about myself and really what, meant a lot to me in this world, in this life. And like, yes, soccer meant a lot to me, but it was other things about myself. It was about, um, who I was as a person. It was about the people I surrounded myself with that I started to learn like, okay, yes, soccer is very important to me, but like I can survive without it. Um, will it Mm -hmm. be a different kind of survive? Yeah, it will. But, um, I, I don't know. It just makes me think of those moments that I went through what, what you're talking about. And it hurts. Like my heart hurts. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I wish I mean, that I could have changed that for you, you know, <laughs> I, I, I know it. Timing, timing is everything. And sometimes we think the time is not opportune to what we want, but mm-hmm. maybe it is. We just haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like I just, it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing to help yourself through this these last couple of weeks? Is there anything that um, makes it better? Yeah, I, a support system is like half the battle. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, and maybe the support system is just one person. Like, it doesn't have to be right. this grandiose thing that maybe some people think about. It could just be someone coming to hang over and like to sit with you like and I think that's what I try to tell some people that don't know how to deal with traumatic experiences like it doesn't always have to be like a gift or um like like a yeah a a getaway just like being there being present is so important and so um I think when people are just present with me like and not thinking about um, the circumstance, but just like if it was a normal time spending with Jenny, like that's, that's what I need. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you have to fight for yourself. Like you will fall into those pits, but you ultimately are the one that brings yourself out of them. 
And so I, uh, the mental aspect of this is so important. And that's why you just like, for me, my injury came from a sport. So like you're saying, like soccer will always be a part of my life, but it, it is not me. Like soccer is not Jenny. It's not my full identity. It's what I do, what I love, um, what entertains me, how I get to serve people, but it isn't me. It's a conduit. And so um, I think recognizing that and accepting that uh, is what helps you pull, be like be pulled out of your like devastating state. Um, and it it's difficult. And some days it, it, it won't make sense. Some days you may feel like there's nothing that's going to help the situation. And, and that's okay. Like to have those moments mm-hmm. because they all, they will happen. Like we can't ignore the fact that like, you're going to cry. It's going to hurt. And you may think it's all over, but it's the recognition that it's not is what will pull you through. Yeah. Um, I love what you and, said earlier, earlier, you need to feel it to free it. And right now you're really working on freeing it, right? And getting, yeah. <laughs> getting through this. Um, well, I know there's still a lot of things to be sorted out. Um, but Jenny, this has been amazing just to hear your story, to hear where you're at and what you're working towards. I, I hope um, we can give people an update of, of what's going on with you in the near future and um, kind of come back around maybe in the summer or the fall when you've gone through some of this process again and uh, see where you're at and update people on maybe the things right in this moment that you don't know the answer to, but then in a, in six months and eight months and a year, who knows, you know, those answers might become a little bit clearer. So I just, you know, yeah. thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable and honest and open and all those things. Yeah. And, and what I want to add to that is like, I, I think throughout this journey, like I'm going to still continue with the daily vlogs or weekly vlogs or whatever. Cause like you said, I think being vulnerable and sharing um, what you're going through is important. And it's also like self healing for me too. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, if anyone wants to follow along, feel free. Cause I'm going to be putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. So tell them where they can follow along. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can check me out on Instagram. It's, just Jen Tay, so J-E-N-N-T-A-Y, and then I'll be posting, like, the links in my bio for the videos that I'll be putting up on YouTube, and, you know, I mean, I think that what you've done is amazing, Jordan, with this community of people and bringing us together, and so it's kind of like just paying it forward for what you've done for me to find this community, and so I think it's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much, and I I really, those words are so kind. And this is something that I tell people all the time is like, you have to find an outlet to express how you're feeling because if you hold it all in, it it just, it doesn't allow you to grow. So whether that be vlogging, like you're going to be doing or writing things down or taking videos that nobody's ever going to see or uh, talking to your mom or your cousin or your best friend, it doesn't matter. You need to have that outlet in that process. And it's cool to me that you found that in this vlogging experience. And I'm excited for people to follow you and uh, just track along with your journey. Cause I think it's going to continue to inspire a lot of people. Thank you. I appreciate that. One last thing I always ask people when they come on the podcast, because it is called show your scars. What does Mm -hmm. that mean to you? Um, Well, everyone has a story to tell, right? And 
scars are unique to the individual, but you know what connects us are our scars and how they represent one's ability to heal and restore. And um, scars mark change and growth, and they reveal the inner strength we've had all along, but maybe couldn't see until now. So I think scars are beautiful in all regards. Girl, you're going to make me cry. That was so good. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I swear I say that with everybody, though. I'm like, oh, that was so good. Um, Yes, my obsession with scars continues as people continue to impress me with their, what the meaning of their scars mean. So, Jen, thank you so much. And we are rooting for you so hard. Uh, I appreciate it. And I know, and I can feel your support and the support of the ACL club. And I'm, I'm very thankful and practicing gratitude. Like we talked about earlier is a big thing that will help people get through what they're experiencing with this injury. So once again, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation I had with Jen. She said a lot of good things, especially there at the end. How about that definition of what show your scars means to her? Really, it gives me chills even as I re-listen to it and work this podcast out for your for finalization to bring it out to you guys. So I hope you guys are inspired as I am. Jen had her surgery. She got her ACL and meniscus repaired and is on the road to recovery. So make sure you check out her vlog. She's going to continue to do that. I have linked her Instagram and her YouTube on this podcast notes. And so you can check it out there. Again, if you guys have anybody that you want to feature, make sure you let us know. We want to give you guys the people that you want to hear from. So write us at info at the ACLclub.com or write a review and write it in your review. Remember, we are reading reviews now. And if your review What's gets up, guys? Read, Welcome to a new episode. To be featured new on the week, podcast, but you also everything get is going well wherever you are in the country. Show your scars world, band listening to this. Cool. That you are so starting to make sure you find that write a review with us, us and keep us in. It is there. And sometimes it the site is difficult, so they can hear these incredible hard journeys. Thank you guys so much for your time, for your ears, for your support. And make sure you go out there and show your scars something with pride that has been waiting to be shown, right? And that's that strength. That's that inner warrior. Today's podcast guest is really cool. Jenny Taylor is a soccer player. I got connected with her through one of my old teammates and she is coming back from her third ACL injury. And after a good hiatus in playing soccer, she was inspired to play again. So she wanted to try out for the Women's Professional Soccer League, which is called NWSL here in the U.S., and it's that journey of her from where she was and how she grew up in Florida to where she is today. There is a lot that goes on here and a hard twist in her story as of recently, so I don't want to give too much away. I just want you guys to listen because Jenny's story is so awesome and so inspirational, so here she is, Jenny Taylor. Today's podcast review is by Ado4519413, and they wrote, uplifting and so, so needed. I just had ACL surgery three on the same knee, and I'm dealing with the emotional ramifications of not being able to do what I love. 
This surgery has been especially tough as I didn't know I would need the ACL done until they got in and scoped. Jordan and the ACL club have a constant source of optimism, inspiration, and hope as I try to get through this battle. Surgeons and physical therapists and athletic trainers are all wonderful resources. And for me, they all aided my physical return to play the first two times. But none of these resources were really there to help me get over the mental hurdles. Thanks to the ACL club for bringing together people who are fighting the same battles as me and for providing a great resource where I can hear amazing, powerful, strong athletes who have overcome the mental battles talking about their struggle and showing that hope and full recovery are on the horizon. Again, thank you so much for your reviews. This can be you, so make sure you write a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening, and we are going to read one review a week. Also, take a screenshot of your review, tag us on Instagram in your Instagram stories at Show Your Scars Podcast, and we will be choosing through there as well. So make sure you add the social aspect of it and share with everybody why you love Show Your Scars Podcast so we can push it out there as well. We love you guys. We love this community, and this is why we do what we do. It's because of you.